and welcome ladies and gentlemen to the one and only wan show it's the only show where linus and luke sit in their homes and kind of talk tech that they've never heard about before actually <laughs> some of the topics this week i have looked at already throughout the week because they are darn exciting it's kind of nice it seems like you know for a while with everything that's going on in the world and you know nobody wanted to announce new tech or anything like that uh just everyone was focused on other stuff and now it's like people are like okay well you know at some point we're gonna have to launch these new products and this new cool stuff's gonna have to happen and it's like happening now so my big highlight topic you know what normally we do two per host okay normally we do two per host i'm gonna break the mold luke i'm doing just one Wow, one highlight topic. Deal, so this is a rumor, but it looks pretty credible. Uh, the new upcoming Samsung SoC, so this would be some kind of Exynos uh, successor, um, will apparently use AMD graphics that could be up to three times faster than the Snapdragon 865. We are talking like a different tier of performance in mobile graphics. So you know, Actually, I think that's pretty cool. What else you got? Pretty exciting. Uh, Intel launches 10th gen desktop CPUs, officially announcing that I am five generations behind. That is less. Uh, that is less exciting news, Luke. <laughs> and I, I think one I that won. I actually think is really no, I, cool. I, I, I think I won. won. You left me with the bad ones. But uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, uh, Cyberpunk 2077, and all Microsoft Studio first-party games, including Halo Infinite, are going to be uh, like multi-console one purchase. Cross, uh, cross platform. I love it. Cross platform yeah. purchases. Thank like if you. you if you buy it on Xbox Series X, it'll work on Xbox One and vice versa, which is cool. That's so amazing. It's like console people are getting to enjoy the same thing that PC people have enjoyed for like twenty years. Yeah, it's great. You know, isn't that neat? It's just one more step towards everyone going like, yeah, it's just a PC. Yeah, it's just a PC and it's just a piece of software. So here's whatever you're playing it on and here's your license to play the game. That's it. It should really be that simple in sort of, oh man, see now we're, we're launching into a bit of a topic here. Okay, it'll be really short, guys. I promise we'll get to the headline stuff in a minute. But on that same note, um, you know, seeing things kind of go from... Uh, it's, it's funny how it kind of happens in waves. Like in the early days of computers, computer games were often like system specific, right? Like even for PCs, you know, whether it was Commodore or Amiga or whatever the case may be. And then we moved to the IBM compatible and everything was like cross compatible. And then you had graphics cards that all used their own rendering techniques and everything got kind of vendor specific again. And then DirectX and OpenGL kind of standardized everything again. And then you got consoles, which were kind of, they were around the whole time, but then consoles really exploded um, and everything got kind of vendor specific again. And now it feels like we're coming back around once more to cross-platform and just owning a license for the software and being able to use it and you know view it you could think of it kind of like movies like view it on whatever you want but there was some bad news and this is something that i would like to see the circle or the pendulum start to swing the other way on um i forget what game it was but i was uh scrolling through my twitter feed i'm sure that floatplane chat or one of the other chats can help me out with this but uh there's a, a game that just shut down their service and i think it was uh it was one of epic's games and people were just like yeah i mean thanks a lot for the memories and everything but like this sucks and this is why this whole paradigm of game companies controlling their 
uh, their servers and not allowing the community to also run their own servers needs to go away because there is an entire era of gaming experiences that is going to be absolutely lost once the companies maintaining the servers go away. Oh yeah, a hundred percent for sure. People are saying Paragon, Battleborn. Uh, I, it um, sounds like Paragon sounds right. I think that okay. might be right. Um, yeah, I'm not sure off the top of my head. Yeah, so I think, I, yeah, think it's, I, I completely agree with that. Yeah, and uh, it, I don't know. It's just like uh, I've actually got a video planned pretty soon. You'd probably like this concept. Um, it's uh, I forget what the title that I had kind of workshopped for it was, but the basic premise is going to be uh, running really old games that I played when I was younger or that other writers played when they were younger and then never went back and revisited on modern hardware absolutely cranked balls to the wall so you know uh actually you know like it'd be, massive upscaling and stuff it would be great to have you come on as a guest and play cool. like morrowind with like a crazy oh texture goodness. pack and like running at 8k super sampled down to down to 4k and like i would love to there's there's quite a bit you can do with with morrowind it's still everything it still looks terrible but well, I, <laughs> right it's going to but the, yeah i'm definitely that'd be awesome i think the one that i'm gonna do is not actually that old of a game so it you know is maybe not quite the point of the uh, that i'm trying to get across but the one that i really want to do is far cry because that was a game okay. that I played before I could afford top tier hardware. I played that on a 9600 Pro all in wonder graphics card, which is a good mid solid mid range. You know, <laughs> remember when mid range graphics cards cost 200 bucks Canadian? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was a good solid mid range graphics card at the time, but you could not crank that game. And I want to see what remember? it looks like at like 8K or whatever. Remember when, I mean, nowadays it's like this whole controversial thing where like, oh, Steam should return people's games if it can't run on their systems and all this kind of stuff. Everyone back in the day, it was like aggressively on you to like oh, yeah. read the specs on the back of the box. Once you open that seal sure on the game box, like it was so easy to rip games by just, uh, you know, yeah. burning the CD and then writing down the product key and then like, returning it that stores were real real yeah. cagey about that <laughs> so yeah and like it actually mattered you had to be you had to really make sure your computer could actually run it based on the specs on the back of the box okay i haven't even like i swear about that. i swear we're gonna get to our topics at some point guys but this is a great <laughs> discussion and i love it tell me a game that you got over on by buying Ooh. it without having the right specs to run it and you just like never got to play it I actually don't think that ever happened. Really? Well, how nice for I, you, you jerk. Because, well, my dad was always super concerned about that. Oh, okay. All right. So all right. He, he all right. got my brother and I on the, like, you have to read the specs on the back. Because he was into computer hardware right. back then. My family so he, wasn't. he was very, very much like, you have to read the specs on the back of the box. You have to make sure it's going to be able to run. Because you don't want to, like, buy this relatively expensive thing. Yeah. And then just come home and be like, it's worthless. Um, so th there was a number of times where like there'd be a game we really wanted and yeah. my dad would bring us to the store to go get it and we'd figure out that it wouldn't work. And then we'd have to like go do odd jobs, paper routes, whatever, until we could afford the, the component that we had to buy to upgrade the computer, to buy the game, blah, 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 blah. How about this? Tell me that a game that once. you upgraded for. I, <sighs> man, I gotta start to writing these down. Cause I can actually think of so many. I had like. I just, think Warcraft 3. I had some pretty ratchet computers when I was a kid. I think we needed more RAM for Warcraft 3. 
and there was there was a game that we needed a graphics card for because i remember because we bought the graphics card from future shop yeah i remember that just felt like the most insane thing like i felt so cool just strolling in and buying this like probably low to mid-tier graphics card i know right it felt awesome and i remember like the the I wish they still did this, but we're clearly in a different era. But like the art that was on the box for the graphics card was so epic. Oh yeah. I just, yeah. Well, you know. were that in the awesome. era where it was probably like anime chicks and stuff like that. Right. And like these, like, like, like crazy dudes with like, you know, 4,000 pounds of armor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was legit. Oh um, man. I don't remember what game that was for though, but I'm, I'm rather certain we had to upgrade our Ram for Warcraft three. Okay, so my my buddy had the enough RAM to play it, and I was like, "Oh, I need more RAM." All right, so I'm gonna start with um, man, I I don't remember exactly which one it was. So I'm gonna start with a game that I legitimately never got to play. I bought it at London Drugs, oh, wow. and I was super excited to play it. It was um, it was a Crusader game. It was called Crusader No Regret or Crusader No Remorse. I can't remember which one's the first one and which one's the second one, but it was the sequel one. And it required some kind of something. And uh, I wasn't very techie. I was a kid, like I was a little kid. And no one in my family was techie. And even when we upgraded the computer later, I legitimately never got it working because it was like a DOS mode game or something. And you had to do some stuff in the DOS prompt in order to actually like launch it or I, I don't remember exactly what happened but I looked at the back of the box and I was like this looks like the coolest game and I never ever got to play it it's actually on GOG so it's a bit of a lie I cool. I, I fired it up when um, Alex did that uh, build that we did a while ago where we loaded it with like the oh, top, yeah. top thousand games on GOG or something like that so I actually played it for about four minutes it's not very good well, um, it doesn't care. I mean, <laughs> by modern standards um, I mean that makes sense but it was it was like so it was it's one of those things that i remember you know 25 years later as an adult being just like devastated i didn't get to play this game right um as for games that we upgraded for you know what i love that you mentioned warcraft 3 i upgraded for warcraft 3 too that was the first game that i played when i built my first gaming rig with geforce onboard graphics so i'm looking at this i think i'm trying to find the requirements but i'm having a hard time doing it but i think the game that we up- had to upgrade the graphics card for was command and conquer red alert like the mm. original one red alert one nice i think that was it you know what it probably was you probably had to upgrade for the full motion uh cutscenes. i think that's and that that's what actually got me there yeah because they had those like movie like cutscenes. yep I bet I that was that why, because I know that uh, I know that um, a lot of people were upgrading around that time to faster CD-ROM drives because they weren't fast enough to stream. So we had to move. We had to upgrade our system to run Mixed Up Mother Goose of all things when we were kids. Um, that was one that we did get to play ultimately. And then there's a couple other ones that I upgraded from that I upgraded for. Uh, Tie Fighter was one that I upgraded for. Uh, for my birthday one year, this is like one of my most memorable birthday presents as a kid. My aunt got me an upgrade to a Pentium processor and uh, a Top Gun joystick. That you know, oh, what's this yeah. is so funny. Um, hold on. Uh, I still own it, um, and I was I've been cleaning up because I'm clearing out my attic to uh, re-insulate it uh, for the air conditioner project, and here it is. My Thrustmaster Top Gun uh, game port joystick. You can still get adapters for these. 
they still work. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Straight up. Uh, and actually, like the feel of it, like listen to it move, you know? It sounds like you're squishing leather around when you move it. Right? And even compared, cool. like, like, I remember shopping for a joystick a while back because uh, what happened with this was uh, when I moved in with my mom, I left almost everything that I owned with my dad. Um, and I didn't get that stuff back for many, many years. And so I remember shopping for a joystick all this time later. And by then, everything had turned into totally cheap plastic garbage. And even the ones that had like force feedback, like I would look at them in the store and I couldn't even justify spending my allowance on it. I was like, this feels horrible. I don't even want this compared to compared to my old Top Gun, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, it sounds so good, you know? That's um, awesome. Yeah, I gotta, I, gotta play, I gotta go back and play that game again. I think there's like some mods and stuff for some of the old Star Wars um, space, space sim games that make them look pretty outstanding. Oh my goodness. I think I figured out the graphics card that I upgraded for Red Alert. Really? I think it was an ATI Rage 128 Ultra. Wow. That is, wow. That is I'm going pretty way sure, back, sir. I'm pretty going sure that's back. accurate. I was I like, look, I was looking around at different websites and it showed up under recommended specs. And that's like absolutely something we would have done. That and I definitely pricey. remember that it was ATI. You guys was... got cool, cool stuff when uh, you were a kid. I had to upgrade my graphics card for Civilization II Test of Time. Um, so in Test of Time, compared to the regular Civ II, they added these 3D modeled uh, characters for the the ambassadors or the, the other world leaders or whatever. I think that was the main difference. And then there might have been like some in-game cinematic differences or something like that and like a higher resolution soundtrack. Or, like it was kind of like a, it was the same basic game, but like hd well not hd but but better you know <laughs> kind of like yeah. like now you'll have like a oh now in hd um remastered <laughs> um and i ended up it was a uh, bargain bites was what the store in mission it was just a little hole in the wall computer shop yeah. gino from bargain bites uh <laughs> he helped me install like the most basic possible i th see the thing is I went in thinking I was some kind of a baller getting like oh, a graphics card. It's a card just for like games. That's nuts, right? Uh, so I thought I was like <laughs> doing a big upgrade to my computer or whatever. And he's just looking at this going like, okay, so you, you really do, you know, this is the minimum spec, right? Like, <laughs> so the game called for, uh, you know what? I bet I can probably look at, I bet I can look at it. Uh, Civ 2 test of time minimum uh, specs. Here we go. Because it would, it was whatever the minimum specs was. Thank you, CNET, for having existed forever. Appreciate <laughs> you, fam. Uh, minimum, two megabytes of VRAM is the minimum. <laughs> so I had to get something that just had video memory at all. Apparently, <laughs> it was like sixty bucks or something. It was like one of those graphics cards that doesn't even have like a cooler over it, like just a little little fan, right? Oh man, yikes! That's, that's yeah, yikes, yikes indeed. <laughs> uh, I might have also had to upgrade to a four X CD ROM at that time. Can't remember exactly what the what the timeline was there. Amazing. Apparently, you can still buy this game for twenty dollars on Amazon. We should. Uh, we should. No. Yes. You don't have to. You can. Yeah. All right. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. We should probably roll intro. Oh right. Uh yeah, let's let's <laughs> do the land show.
Uh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, everyone. I like this topic, but yeah. Were people getting mad? I haven't really been looking at chat. Not really. I've just actually. been talking about video games. <laughs> Some people were like, is this the boomer show? <laughs> the boomer show? No. <laughs> Left 4 Dead came far later, okay? <laughs> hey, get it? Luke didn't play much Left 4 Dead. I did not. Boomers are one of the zombies in Left 4 Dead. Don't, don't worry right. about it. Don't worry about it. It's all good. It's all good. Hey, when we played Left 4 Dead, that was pretty fun. We really need to do that again, too. That was very fun. I'm super down. Um, all right. So <laughs> why don't we jump into the first big topic today? Uh, that's the rumor that Samsung's upcoming SoC is up to three times graphically faster than the Snapdragon 865. This is so exciting because do you remember, like, man, what was it, like 10 years ago, five years ago, eight years ago? I don't remember when it was, but the the big pc companies used to be pretty into the whole mobility thing you know intel had their x scale processors like going back to when i was so when i was running the painting business this was something like i don't know 15 years ago or something like that like you could get like 500 megahertz you know intel x scale processors that ran in like pdas and i forget what ati ati like x Xeon or something, ATI Mobile Graphics uh, X something. Man, I can't remember. Someone's gotta, someone's gotta help me out. Um, ATI like handheld graphics. Ah, I don't remember. But uh, they were Imagion. Imagion. That's it. So ATI had their Imagion thing going on. Uh, so when was this? Magion uh, products. Oh, come on. Give me a year. Give me a year. The Imagion line was rebranded under AMD and sold to Qualcomm in 2009. So AMD was into it, actually sold that technology to Qualcomm, and then has just not been in the game. Well, a lot has happened in the last, you know, uh, 11 years. And there's no doubt whatsoever that NVIDIA and AMD are the leaders when it comes to graphics. Um, so the fact that, you know, however many hundreds of millions of smartphones out there are running graphics chipsets that are not made by NVIDIA or AMD is like, it's kind of mind blowing, right? Because all this performance for all these years has been left on the table, whether it's due to, uh, you know, licensing or whether it's due to, you know, patents that these companies hold that others just can't use even if they did think of it uh, and uh, I, I'm just I'm just really excited because you like you look at what has happened when someone who really knows graphics like an Nvidia has gone in and tried to make a graphic centric mobile chip like a Tegra the the Nvidia shield was so far ahead in gaming performance from what anyone else could do at the time and it didn't take off because honestly, I think a big part of Shield's problem, I'm talking like Shield Portable, the handheld gaming yeah. system, was that yeah. it was just so far ahead of its time. And to a lesser extent, the Shield tablet as well. Like mobile gaming. A lot gaming. of the Shield things in general, to be honest. Yep. Actually, a lot of a lot of NVIDIA's mobile graphics uh, endeavors. Do you remember, what were they calling them? Super phones? 
I think was Some, the yeah, branding for it. Yeah. I think it was super phones. Yeah, yeah. I think that was about nine years ago. NVIDIA came up with the concept of a super phone, which was going to be a regular phone, but like with better graphics. And NVIDIA, is, they're not the best when it comes to sharing, you know? <laughs> um, so I think the stumbling block they ran into there was that instead of licensing the tech, they wanted to build the whole processor themselves and do phones. And phones just, it's such a different game. They just had, they clearly had no idea what they were doing. And by the time they could, get a product to market it had been leapfrogged once or even twice by the guys who were iterating their phones much faster and everything was moving so fast uh processor speed was moving at warp speed uh display quality was changing by leaps and bounds every generation camera quality leaps and bounds same thing so they they just they just couldn't make it work but i think if they came back and tried to tackle it again they might be in a better position hard to say Sorry, I feel it's, like I talked a lot. <laughs> no, regardless, it's really nice to have them back in the field. AMD and Intel were both kind of in this space before, as you mentioned, and it it almost feels like they both kind of bowed out. Um, yep. And we had a while there, not way too long back, where it was basically just one company, and now we're spreading back into more, which is which is great. Uh, I don't know, more more competition is good. I'm happy. Um, so just uh, to give you guys the scoop on what's going on, AMD and Samsung announced a mobile GPU partnership in mid-2019, and early reports show that that may be bearing pretty uh, awesome fruit. So a poster on South Korean tech forum Klien states that Samsung and AMD's in-house Radeon-based GPU, quote, crushed, unquote, Qualcomm's Adreno 650 in a GFX bench test scoring 181.8 FPS on the Manhattan 3.1 test. That's less impressive, but could also be CPU bound. Remember, uh, Samsung is still going to be using the same ARM-based cores that Qualcomm will, so you're not going to see in a CPU bound test a super significant difference in performance. But more impressively, uh, we saw 138 FPS on Aztec Normal, so that's more than double what an Adreno 650 would do, and just about 60 FPS on Aztec High, which is almost triple an Adreno 650. So when it comes to a high fidelity mobile gaming, where you're not CPU bound and you're you're really you're able to crank up details, so whether it's a shadow detail or anti-aliasing or whatever the case may be, uh, this kind of GPU horsepower could be a total total game changer. And what's cool is that, okay, maybe you're not into the next Galaxy phone running an Exynos processor because uh, maybe, you, uh, maybe you're an iPhone person or maybe you're you know, a, a OnePlus person or, or whatever, who cares? Or maybe you're just unlucky enough to live in a region where Samsung doesn't ship Exynos and they ship Snapdragon instead. Um, your luck will have changed if that's the case because typically it's been lucky to be in a Snapdragon region, not the other way around. But... Um, <laughs> Okay, maybe you don't care about the particular device that this article is about, but AMD graphics in mobile could be a movement, is what I'm trying to say. Like, it's going to make its way into Samsung's tablets as well. And so maybe that kind of graphical horsepower isn't necessary for a phone, but on a tablet or on something, you know, more akin to like an Android-based gaming device, kind of like a Nintendo Switch, like a dockable uh, you know, controller docking gaming device. Uh, it's just good news. Absolutely good news all around. What do you think this would do for mobile gaming? Because like there, there's clearly a lot of mobile gamers right now, but yep. most of the games that they're playing, uh, they already 
like when when things are still yeah they already look pretty good yes most of the action is like super canned sequence like you you put one input and then your character does a whole bunch of stuff and then resets back to their position like it's it's not very uh live rendered type of type of gameplay and a lot of the gameplay is a little uh sorry mobile gamer bros but it's a little empty uh because they're just trying to get your money do you think this could change the types of games that are made for mobile to me there's Uh, a few things this means there's going to be a long lead time on anything significant changing because if i'm a mobile game development company i'm targeting the broadest possible audience oh yeah so on ios that means candy cooker anything that is on apple's uh still supported device list i'm gonna make sure that thing runs a-okay on it uh android i mean that's why you see android games that still run on like android 6 right (laughs) like um you, you want as many people as possible to be able to play your game but in the very long term, I mean, you're going to get all the usual benefits. You're going to get better graphical fidelity, obviously, because anytime the industry gets a big push forward, that forces others to play catch up. And then once that hardware is all out there, I mean, game developers, yeah, some of the people who work at game developers are horrible suits who are just out to extract as much money through microtransactions from whales as they possibly can. But a lot of the people who work at mobile game developers are artists too, and they're going to try and take advantage of the hardware that's out there. So I think you're going to get better looking games. Another advantage is you're going, if it doesn't look better, it's going to use less of the resources. So you could see better power consumption. Like maybe Samsung takes this, this early test because we're not even expecting a device until uh, Samsung's successor to the Exynos 990 in 2021. Like maybe Samsung takes this early test and goes, hey, we actually don't even need all this performance to be competitive. Let's ratchet the power consumption way down, make this thing crazy efficient. Maybe you're gaming on your phone for six, seven hours of screen time because of technology like this, right? That is one thing, uh, like like these these tests, they don't talk about power consumption or thermals at all. Yeah. Um, So it it did perform extremely well, um, but we don't know necessarily how well it does in the other arenas um the other thing that i see potentially happening and this is pure speculation on my part but if amd is in this partnership with samsung it means amd is learning a lot about how far down they can scale their rdna uh what is it rdna2 is what this one is supposed to be based on unfortunately it's not in my notes. oh yes it is rdna based so what they're, they're learning a lot about how they can scale rdna and what that tells me is that that knowledge that they're gaining through this partnership could potentially be applied elsewhere um, as far as i can tell nvidia has been pretty foot draggy on their mobile gpus because they basically have no competition in the space but if all of a sudden AMD came along and was like, you know what, it's not good enough for us to have Microsoft and Sony locked down. Why don't we make another play for Nintendo? If AMD is learning enough about RDNA and how it scales down, you know, maybe we see a more powerful switch. And then maybe NVIDIA responds because they want to win it back in the next generation. So this just means better technology for consumers moving forward. The more players there are in a space, the less likely you are to have an incumbent just sitting there twiddling their fingers because nobody's around to compete. So I'm excited. There you go. Yeah, that's good. I mean, anything that pushes that space forward is good because, um, 
it would be cool if mobile games were actually like good and fun and stuff. This is spectacular. <laughs> Did you see this in the notes? What? Imag uh, Adreno, the uh, the the name for for Qualcomm's uh, onboard oh graphics is an anagram of Radeon because it is based on the Imagion intellectual property. Here I was trying to remember that it was called Imagion. It's actually in my notes down at the very bottom. That's hilarious. I totally did not realize That's that. Pretty great. Yeah, I had no idea. All right. Um, but yeah, like, and, and it's something that I would also like, and this is maybe uh, painting me via boomer to a certain degree, but whatever, um, is okay, one boomer. thing that we saw a little bit like a year, year and a half ago, I think, yeah. were ports of like console and PC games coming to mobile phones. And they they just sell them for whatever amount of money. It's not a microtransaction thing. It's like a one-time purchase of the game. I know they did that with a Star Wars game and a couple other mm -hmm. things. More of that, if the phones have more graphical power, could be a pretty cool way to just like cruise around in some game that you're nostalgic about on your phone while you're bored. Um, Absolutely. I mean, that was something that great. NVIDIA was pushing back when they released the, um, oh, was it the, uh, the Shield console? The Twitch stream is dead. The Shield console. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Twitch stream is down. Full plane still going. Uh, well, I don't YouTube know if there's is down. anything we nope. can do. But Full plane's dead. Sorry. They're oh, all dead. Really? They're all dead? Uh, uh, I, Twitch is back. I'm supposedly still live. Oh, Twitch is back. Apparently it's lagging. Full right. plane is back. YouTube <laughs> is still down. Well, hopefully it comes back. I think yeah, YouTube's back now. Okay. Okay. We're good. Cool. cool. Why don't we move on to our next topic here? Yeah. Uh, what do you want to do? I picked the last one. You go ahead. Walk us through. Uh, I, I, there's probably not a lot to talk about, but yeah. Assassin's Creed Valhalla uh, was announced, and with it, it was announced that you only need to buy it once uh, on Xbox. That would include Xbox One, Xbox Series X, basically whatever yep. Xbox console you have, as long as it's past 360, I guess, um, it would it would work. And with that includes a number of other things as well, including Cyberpunk 2077, which probably means CD Projekt Red moving forward, which is great. Um, Assassin's Creed being included probably means Ubisoft moving forward. And Microsoft has said that Microsoft Studio titles moving forward will all be doing this as well, including Halo Infinite. So there's three studios basically already signed on, which is which is fantastic. Um, to, to a certain degree, I think this already kind of worked. You just had to buy the old one because if I remember correctly, yeah. um, backwards compatibility was a thing. So you could just buy the, the Xbox one version and use it on your Xbox series X, but for digital stuff, I'm not hundred percent certain that that worked. So now that this is a thing, I think that's really cool. I think um, it's just great for consumers. Um, yes. Sony doesn't have anything similar yet, but the reality of it is that it's a two-player, it's a two-horse race. What one of them does, the other one has to respond to in some meaningful way. And I think that while we are getting our consumer rights eroded slowly but surely by the move to, um, you know, always online DRM schemes and, um, you know, multiplayer uh, game modes that you can only access by playing through the game developer servers so that you're you're not able to continue to enjoy them 10 years later when the game developer is not maintaining those servers anymore. Like our ownership of software is going away. There, There's no doubt whatsoever in my mind. I mean, you can even see the big industry Absolutely. trend towards 
<clears throat> are away from uh, single monolithic purchases towards buying a license for the game in one form or another. And, you know, don't kid yourself, buying the game and then like a season's pass and then a DLC and then some in-game items and in-game currency, that's, that's all effectively games as a service. It's the same thing. It's trying to keep you paying for something more the more that you use it. That's the, that's the paradigm, right? Um, so as that's happening, it's good to see at least there's one area where they're giving something back to us, and that's in our, our right to enjoy the content however we see fit. It is baffling to me that if I buy uh, you know, a, a Blu-ray of a movie, that it is not within my rights as a consumer to rip aforementioned Blu-ray and yep. watch it on my phone through Plex. Like that, that would be madness to me having a Blu-ray of a movie in my personal collection and then having to rent it on the Google play store so that I could watch it on my phone. That's, that's, that's nuts, you know? Yep. Completely agree. Um, and I mean, honestly, even, even I'm going to, I'm going to propose something that, you know, wouldn't be popular to, to business people, but, um, you know, I think that for upgraded formats, for content, there shouldn't be an additional charge as well. If I own the DVD of some show and the Blu-ray comes out, uh, like they remaster it on Blu-ray, you know, five years later or whatever the case may be, I think I should get the high resolution version for free. I already paid for a license to it. I you definitely get, shouldn't get the physical one. No, but I should have access to it. I should, I should completely guilt-free have access to it in some way. And you know, I'll you know, I'll be completely honest with you guys. There are things that I own on DVD and I have my DVD in my attic and no. I just I just downloaded a high def version of it. Cause like, no. No. I'm just I'm not I'm not doing that. I'm not playing that game. I think that's a stupid game. Um, you're gonna sell plenty of copies of it to people who don't already own it, but you look at how much as an individual consumer you're contributing to the production of whether that's a TV show or a movie. Uh, by actually buying a DVD or a Blu-ray. And it's like way more than anything other than going to a physical theater and paying to see it. So at that point, it's like, yeah, if I if I own all the especially DVDs... Especially if you've already gone yeah. to the theater and seen it, and yes. now you're also buying the DVD. I almost never do that. Believe it Some or people not. do. I, I'm not necessarily claiming you did. I know uh, my family definitely did with Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Like oh, no, Lord I'm not saying it's a crazy thing to do. Stuff. I'm just saying, like, I've kind of become one of those people that doesn't watch movies again. Yeah, like uh, yeah. the last the last Star Wars, for example, I only watched it once. Although that's not why. I only watched it once because it was bad. <laughs> yeah. But... <laughs> yeah. Um, that's a rough... <laughs> rough series of movies oh my um yeah i i kind of rarely watch shows and i rarely watch movies i have very recently started watching this is pretty off topic but very recently started watching bob's burgers with i've been meaning to i heard it's good it's, it's pretty funny i like it um i liked archer a lot and it has the, the 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 voice actor for archer voice acts a bunch of the characters in bob's burgers and he's like his main character bob is like the same person just if you put that person in like a middle-aged dude that owns a burger shop instead of a, a super assassin spy got it and it's it's great i like it it's, it's awesome yeah um, i've been meaning to watch it. i heard it's really good 
but that's like it. I don't, I don't watch anything else. I don't know why I'd usually rather do almost anything else than like sit passively and watch something. So you've watched um, Rick and Morty though, right? Not all of it. Really? That's mostly due to limited access, not. Oh, you're on my Plex server. Desire, if that makes sense. I should do that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, no, totally don't have those. I know. I know you talk, but whatever. I, where am I? I actually, I, uh, I, sometimes I'm a little bit slow, uh, on my physical backing of what's on it, but my, my Rick and Morty Blu-rays are all here now. So there you go. I mean, that's another thing. So my personal sort of, you know, code of ethics on all of this is if there's a high resolution version, when I make my purchase, I make a point of buying that one, even though it is more expensive. Uh, but then also, you know, we've got actually, there's a lot of discussion in float plane chat about sort of my approach here because people are basically like oh linus admits to piracy and it's like you know what you can you can see it however you want um for me it's not about did you uh break the rules or did you you know violate this section of the whatever code um to me it's about sort of having a personal sense of ethics about it um and supporting content creators by the time i spend you know 60 dollars or whatever it was i have contributed so much more to the production of that show than someone who sits down on their cable subscription and watches Rick and Morty every time it comes up as something that they can watch. Yeah. That I I, I just, I utterly guilt-free. Um, I've watched a decent amount of it. Yeah. I, I like it a lot. I just, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a limited access issue. And I've also, I've done kind of the same thing. Like I bought the Blu-rays for all of the seasons of um the clone wars animated series yeah because i just freaking loved it and i, I wanted still to have support to watch it. that i still haven't watched it yeah um it's good i uh i have always watched it while doing something else Ooh, okay that's not a great endorsement i still like it a lot yeah I'm but like saying. okay sure um <laughs> okay so there's there's a couple people talking about this in float plane chat so uh, koi wolf says maybe a re-release i could see but not a remaster there was money to put toward that now, okay, the problem for me is that a lot of the stuff in a remaster is not stuff that I care about. I never watch like behind the scenes extras and interviews or anything like that. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's tough. I probably shouldn't have used the term remaster to be perfectly honest. I think that's the bigger issue because if we're just taking the, yeah, if it's something that already existed digitally, for example, because there's, there's movies now that were actually no probably probably i'm just trying to think if they would be if they would be film film masters or digital masters uh for some of the stuff that's gone from uh from a dvd original release to blu-ray now you know i'm a little bit hazy on that so i'm not going to talk about it but um i guess it depends on what's really happened with the remaster if they have gone and you know added uh, added deleted scenes um, that, that had heavy fuzzy. CGI work done on them. Because um, then every studio is just going to try to find some way to justify the fact that they can't give you the remaster for free. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So I guess, so you it, know what? Here's what I'll say. Um, I already gave you your 20 bucks. Uh, and you know what? I'm, I'm just not going to feel bad about it. There, that's, that's my personal line. I gave you more than most people ever will. What about a situation? Someone just posted this in uh, Twitch chat. Yeah. Uh, FF8 remaster, for example, paying extra for them to optimize the game for PC. Uh, sorry, which one was this? 
He said Final Fantasy VIII. I don't understand necessarily what his comment is about. Are you talking about like a port? Played, I definitely played it on PC. So I don't yeah, wait, really know yeah, Final Fantasy VIII already existed on PC. Yeah, it was like six discs or something. Uh, yeah, okay, here I'm not really 100% sure what you're asking. And that's, I mean, that's another... That's seven. A, he said seven. Oh, seven. Or yeah. he, he corrected to seven. Okay, seven is a perfect example of a game that you should absolutely pay for the remaster. Because seven, if I recall correctly, was not available on PC. Or was it? I don't think it was. Let's see, a lot of people are saying it was seven, not eight now. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I don't think that ever got a PC release. And the Final Fantasy VII, uh, I wouldn't call it a remaster. It's like they didn't just update some textures. Like this is a reimagined game. Um, and that's absolutely something that you would you would have to pay for. Um, so, so there's so there's three there's re-release, remaster, and reimagined. Yeah. So, so I'm just I'm look I'm just saying the line is a little bit blurry. And if I'm not getting any additional content that is meaningful to me, then I don't care. In my life, I have owned two box sets of the Star Wars original trilogy. I have the one that has um, blue text on the front for A New Hope, and then I think it's like purple for Empire and then red for uh, Return of the Jedi. I have that one. That was before any of the like do-backs dickery. Yeah. And then yeah. I also own the golden special edition uh, box set. And um, both of them were thrown away when I moved, um, but they weren't given to someone else. So as far as I'm concerned, they're still mine. They were ultimately destroyed. I paid for them. I have spent as much on the original three movies as I feel like I have to, and I will download a new copy of them if I damn well please. There. Like I, I'm not gonna. I, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna play that game. Some people in chat are super pissed that you destroyed the unedited version. Well, I didn't mean to, guys. I moved. Like I moved from my dad's house to my mom's house. All I had was my clothes on my back. Like I didn't destroy it. I think they thought you meant when you were older. I don't think they realized. You oh meant no, that. no. I was like I was a kid and. Uh, and I and I decided that I was gonna I was gonna look so my parents were split and uh, I decided that I was gonna move in with my mom and it was sort of a, a an emotional decision and I didn't really have a lot of time to plan like I left behind everything like I didn't uh, yeah I didn't have anything yeah um, um, Sierra's brings up another thing you also can't buy the despecialized editions anymore but you can download them. Yeah, that's a good point. Now, I, you know, again, down to my personal sort of code of ethics here, I, I got to give, I got to give Lucasfilm or Disney, I got to give them some money if I have never, you know, contributed to the production of those movies before. But I could totally see myself being like, okay, yeah, you know, here's some money, I'll, I'll buy some, you know, other crap I didn't need. Uh, you know, some, some friend of my kids, um, you know, for a birthday party, instead of getting them like a 20 buck plastic thing, I'll get them like a really nice, like, you know, $75, $80, like Star Wars thing. Okay, you know, here you go. I will now guilt free just go download those movies because ultimately you've got my money. What does it matter beyond that, that people are able to create and be paid for their work? Oh, sorry, oh, one second. Oh, he switched. Uh, yeah, I'm broadcasting. I will come down when I'm done. Okay.
Thanks. <laughs> I like the head pats. Yeah. Um, He's a good kid. Okay. Should we? Yeah, we should probably do sponsors. Speaking of making one, money. One quick question before yeah. we move on. Uh, did you pirate games when you were younger? Yes. Oh, did you, did, you what do you mean one quick question? And... No, sponsors first. We'll, we'll get back okay. to that. Okay. All right. The WAN Show today is brought to you by MechanicalKeyboards.com. Uh, their goal is oh. to be the largest dedicated selection of mechanical keyboards and also a resource about the culture of mechanical keyboards. We are really at that level now. Mechanical keyboards is a culture. I love it. You can learn the difference between the types of switches that are available, what layout's right for you. You can buy all sorts of different components or fully assembled keyboards, and they've got free shipping within the USA. If you use code LTT, we will get a small kickback over at mechanicalkeyboards.com. So go check them out and make sure you use code LTT. The show is also brought to you by, oh no, I apparently didn't change the name of this correctly, but hey, good, it's the right code, Ridge Wallet. Stop carrying pointless cards around in your pocket, like old receipts, old hotel room keys, or spent gift cards. Speaking of spent gift cards, I've got a video coming that you're going to want to watch, Luke. I go through my attic and dig through all the years of like random weird tech paraphernalia oh, that i have accumulated wow. you'll probably like it you'll probably like that's it. that's actually sweet uh, including like my ncix gift card that had like 50 bucks on it when they shut down so i never <laughs> got that money back uh so ridge wallet helps you carry less they use two metal plates that are bound by a strong elastic band to keep your cards tightly together but still accessible they're rfid blocking and they offer a lifetime guarantee they don't just sell wallets. They've got battery banks, bags, smartphone covers, and more. And if you use offer code Linus, you'll get 10% off at ridge.com slash Linus. Finally, the show is brought to you by Private Internet Access. What's in your online security toolkit? Adding a VPN lets you mask your IP and encrypt traffic to and from your devices. Private Internet Access is great. I've used it for many, many years. And one of the things that I've <clears throat> used it for is, um, is not having to bother ripping my Blu-rays. Many of my Blu-rays are still sealed in plastic, but I definitely, definitely have copies of them. And I have never gotten, uh, I've never gotten a letter from my internet service provider, so I'm just going to leave it there. lmg.gg slash PIA. Go check it out. All right, cool. All right, go ahead. You can hit me with that just a quick question again if you'd like. If you'd like to start okay, a whole so, long discussion. So you, you had pirated things when you were younger. Was that mostly out of inability to purchase? Uh, okay, so there's a there's a number of elements to me pirating games when I was younger. As as a kid, I like did not have money, um, yep. and I'm I'm talking like when I was a kid, not when I was like sixteen. I'm talking when I was a kid, like I was thirteen. Yeah. Um, I, I did not own money. Um, also, you know, like uh, at that time, I was still running. It was either a Pentium ninety or a Pentium one sixty six, and you guys got to remember that's in like. 1990 hmm, what year did i start high school so that's in like 1999 like year 2000 that's real outdated hardware at that point like if i had money to buy games i would have money to like own a game console or like a better computer like i really did not have any money um so yeah, didn't have a lot of money. Uh, the other factor was that my parents like didn't believe that video games were good for you. So I didn't really like get video games as gifts. There were a couple of exceptions. My and like it's funny, like the kinds of things that stand out to you when you're an adult, right? Like my uh, my grandma bought me Warcraft two, um, Ties of Darkness, and Beyond the Dark Portal. She actually got me the battle chest that had Warcraft one in it as well. Oh, but cool. I didn't really play Warcraft one. Warcraft two is an infinitely better game. 
Um, but, uh, you know, there were very, very few games. There were like the ones that, you know, my mom thought was cool, like, uh, you know, Myst. And like as a kid, that's not a particularly compelling game. No. <laughs> uh, so whatever I could get my hands on was what I went with. Uh, I also I also straight up pirated music, you know, and that one I think was as simple as I was a kid and just didn't care. Uh, we got a CD burner and I was a Napster and I was like, this is the best thing ever. You'd have to be an idiot to buy music. In fairness to me, the state of the industry at that point where if there was one song, if you liked Barbie Girl by Aqua, you had to go buy a bunch of Actually, Aqua is a bad example because all of their music is fantastic, but you had to go buy <laughs> an entire album of songs you don't care about for these one hit wonders. And that was revolutionized. Thank you, Apple, by the iTunes store. Um, you know, that was that was a stupid situation. And as a kid, like, you know, 20 bucks on an album when I really just did not have $20 was not realistic. And so I, I can see why I saw it the way I did. I used to I used to love this um, old I think it was on Newgrounds video. That just had like this animated pirate swinging his arms like this. Yar, um, har, fiddle dee dee. Dee dee. Yeah. And then it just said LOL LimeWire in like these yep. RGB. Yeah, another one. Yeah, that's yep. great. Um, so did you ever go back and try to uh no like support no? I don't think I did it even once. Like things so, that I played a long have, time ago. Yeah. But you have so. actively supported since then i i have i have definitely not been perfect at it i will say that much um but i have made an earnest effort to contribute to the things that i care about um like i will sometimes I can, it's like actually impossible i can tell you now there's uh there's definitely movies on my plex server that i do not own physical copies of but i can also tell you that the vast majority of them i have never watched and it's more about just convenience. It's like, yeah, I'll probably want to watch that at some point. Um, and that's not that's not something that I personally think is right. That's something that I just have allowed to slide mostly lately out of convenience. And I probably shouldn't do that. That's sort of my that's my take on that. All right, interesting. I um, I have tried in a bunch of different ways to support in some way since then. There were certain games that I like bought merch for. Because right. like the game had been so discounted at this point that it, it, it's like two dollars. Yeah, and I'm like, it's not going to matter. Yeah, like, the retailer, not... the retailer is going to be taking fifty cents of this, and then there's nothing left, basically. Yeah. So I'll like, I, I would, I think I'm basically done now. But I would have like bought a shirt or like something. I don't right. know. I would have done something. Okay. To try to support it. Here's another. Um, here's another sort of you know uh, fine line sort of question. How do you handle a show that you love that uh, doesn't have like a, like a you own it forever Blu-ray style release yet? You know where you're expected to uh, to pay on a per episode basis or whatever the case may be, but you own all the previous seasons, but you do not have a cable TV subscription. See, I think I'm kind of lucky in this situation because yeah. I don't really watch very many shows. Okay, fair enough. Um, right. I'm. Yeah, I can't think of a a major major one there because I'm I'm not I'm not super into shows. There is some stuff. Yeah, no, everything that I do like has some available way to support them directly. Right. 
I guess the thing for me is as a content creator, um, you know, I see the economics on our side. If someone watches every Linus Tech Tips video and keeps keeps the ads turned on, um, their monetary contribution, to be clear, I am not down on any, any of our fans, even the ones that turn ad block on and never buy anything from LTTstore.com. There is still a clear benefit to people watching Linus Tech Tips or TechWiki or whatever short circuit. Uh, there's a clear yep. benefit to people watching it because algorithmically that helps. You know, even something as small as leaving a thumbs up or a comment on a video is totally meaningful to me. And I am, I am, I'm grateful to everyone who participates in that way. But there is also the monetary aspect of supporting content creators. And I can tell you guys that based on the numbers that we have very real access to, um, compared to somebody who watched every video that Linus Tech Tips ever made uh, with the ads turned on, someone, who, someone else who keeps their ad blocker on and buys one water bottle has contributed more to our bottom line to yeah. like paying the salaries of the people who make the content. So, you know, when I, when I go out there and, you know, buy even, you know, one season of a show, I have already, I know for an absolute fact, contributed more to the bottom line of that show than someone who watched the entire thing ad supported. Um, so, you know, knowing that gives me, I guess, some peace of mind, um, in my approach because I know how I feel about it. And so if the golden rule is to treat other people how you want to be treated, then, you know, I'm, I'm trying. Yeah, so, someone brought up Letterkenny. Um, I really like Letterkenny. I don't know if it's age appropriate for everyone watching, so pay attention to that. But um, they, they said it's impossible to get in Australia. Yeah, um, yeah, Australia gets the shaft on a lot of stuff like that. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. You can buy the physical DVDs, but like they're almost certainly coming from Canada. And I doubt they have a, a, a nice shipping setup there. So the shipping for the one DVD is probably going to cost more than the DVD. Um, so that's a really unfortunate kind of situation. Man. I don't know. People are pitching us all these edge cases. Grand Fat Man over on Floatplane says, okay, Linus and Luke, what about when you have a Netflix account but they take the show that you were watching off the service before you got to the last season. Do you just go and pirate the last season? Honestly speaking, I would. Like, look, that's like not my fault. Um, you know, mom and dad need to get their issues sorted out. As far as I'm concerned, I'd I'd maybe look into. Um, I mean, I don't even have a Netflix account because of basically this. Um, it's kind of unreliable. Yeah. I, do, I, I don't like the idea of streaming services because of that. Something like Disney Plus, I can actually get behind more. No way. Disney's that fragmentation kind of is terrible. But the, okay, yeah. So that's fair. Yeah. I'm not, I don't, I have no subscriptions right now. I don't even have Amazon Prime. I canceled that. Really? You got rid of Prime. I didn't order enough stuff online. How do you not order enough stuff online for Amazon Prime? You freaking cheapskate. You literally yeah, buy nothing. It kind of wow <laughs> that's like kind of amazing and i usually uh i mean i don't want them to literally run the entire world so i try to often buy things elsewhere but yeah i don't i don't buy that's fair too enough. much stuff 
So the the yearly subscription, I did the yearly subscription versus uh, the cost of just paying for shipping. And I was like, this doesn't make sense for me at all. And I don't, I don't watch the shows. I don't do, I don't like, I don't get any of the other benefits. I don't know. I don't know if I told, uh, I know I told you this. I don't know if I told the WAN show this. Um, they sent me physical mail telling me to watch Amazon Prime. Really? They're like, do you know that you have this benefit? And I was like, how old do they think I am? <laughs> yeah, like, you must, you must just show up as like straight up boomer. Probably. Yeah. So I, I, I killed that. Bet girlfriend has prime. Nope. Don't think so. Uh, she might actually, I don't know. I don't I, use it though. Yeah. I sincerely doubt it. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I have literally, I, I have active subscriptions to zero streaming services right now and I'm not pirating things. Fabricator says he gets it through your account, Linus Lol. Okay, actually, no. We very recently banned people <laughs> from using the Work Prime account, and the reason was that they kept billing oh. personal purchases to the Work credit card, and it creates a lot of work for the accounting department. But for the longest time, yeah, we, actually, we actually did have like 25 people using that single Prime account. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't me. I wasn't in that, to be clear. It's just like, I mean, I never explicitly, uh, I never explicitly said it was okay. So I was just going to plead ignorance if uh, Amazon was like, yo, this is sort of against TOS. Because I have no idea on. what their terms of service are. But yeah, uh, yeah no, I, I, no. I did get the emails being like, who bought this? <laughs> but yeah, I never, yeah. I never used that account. What about Blizzard? That's not, they don't stream, what? Huh? All right. They don't stream shows and, and movies, but. Yeah. All right. Intel launches 10th gen desktop CPUs. Yay. Uh, Not all of them. Though. Woo. Intel's Comet Lake S processors were announced across Core i9, i7, i5, and i3 tiers. The top tier 10900K, what a terrible name, will sport 10 cores and 20 threads, peaking at 5.3 gigahertz and 125 watts with a 488 dollars suggested retail price uh, this will likely make that chip the leader when it comes to gaming still no pci express gen 4 but there is new dmi and pci express graphics overclocking features to try and mitigate the amd advantage in this area they're using a new socket lga 1200 and you will need a new motherboard if you move to Comet Lake S. So what this basically means is that these chips are not for the upgrade market at all. And if you are buying one of these, you are also definitely buying a motherboard, putting this new platform up against AMD's... Uh, wait, they've announced... One second. Da, 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 da. Yes, AMD has already announced the B550 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 chipset. So they're up against a budget chipset from AMD with support for PCIe Gen 4 and even bifurcation. I don't know if you know this, but B550 is wait, do we know that yet? I would be careful. <laughs> I just never know. Like now they know. uh now you know you never uh will it hold on dun, 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 dun. i'm actually not 100 percent sure whatever the point is they're up against um where am i they're up against a pc a value chipset okay and great value chips and they're still running 14 nanometer i'm just going to shut up before i say anything that's wrong because i Sounds think i also good. got some some information wrong in there uh, either way 
chips have been cool. launched. Lots of uh, sites have uh, content out about it now. Yeah. Um, I, as far allegedly. as I know, some... I'm just throwing that out there. Everything I said before is allegedly. Nice. Perfect. Yeah. Allegedly. Like um, as far as I know, there's still some content that is embargoed, like the uh, 10900K. Uh, it's overclocking? Is that, am I correct on that? I actually don't really know anything about the 10900K, but I do think people at our company do know about it. Uh, there was one feature that we actually tweeted about today on the work account, so I know for a fact I can talk about that. Um, okay. It's got, this is this is spectacular. Uh, here we go. It's got three different levels of boost. So you got your base clock, all right, up to 3.7. You've got your Turbo Boost 2.0, with, which has a maximum single core turbo frequency of up to 5.1. You've got your Turbo Boost Max Technology 3.0, which is up to 5.2. And then you've got your Intel Thermal Velocity Boost Technology single core maximum turbo of 5.3. What even is that? <laughs> like, what are you even talking about at this point? Yeah. I'm trying to find this tweet. Where is this tweet? Oh, there it is. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, what the heck? So I wish I wish Intel luck, but it does look like it is going to be a bit of a rough ride over the next little bit. Um, I just I wanna... how they had to put Intel at the beginning of every single one of those things. Well, Intel trademark. Intel trademark. You Intel know trademark. how the branding is. You know yeah. how the branding is. They got to have Intel TM in there for everything. Uh, what else we got going on today? Oh, so I have an update on the uh, show that's been our our UPS exploding in the server room. So our new unit from Eaton is here, and we're going to be installing it with Brian the Electrician sometime in the next little bit. That's going to be a video. And Eaton is going to send someone out to make sure that we've done it correctly this time. Uh, they gave us a very good deal on the new UPS, even though we were out of warranty. Um, they, they have helped us out a fair bit here. And so I'm, I'm, I'm pretty jazzed to have our servers protected again, because we actually already had a pretty bad situation with some power flickering and some servers turning off. And, uh, we actually had some, uh, data corruption on one of our unraid machines on the, uh, the cache drive that was holding our VMs. So we lost a couple of VMs, um, that's caused Jake a fair bit of headache. So he in particular is very excited to get the new UPS rolled out. Yeah, I Very suspect. Frustrating. I suspect so. Uh, more Intel news. This is interesting. Uh, according to uh, the original source from Anontech, Intel's 10 nanometer node could actually be less profitable than 22 nanometer, even though if you think about it, with 10 nanometer, the chip should get smaller and should therefore use less silicon, so you could make more of them per wafer. Uh, in an interview with Intel CFO George David, he said that 10 nanometer will be less profitable than 22 nanometer, let alone 14 nanometer. He says, look, this just isn't going to be the best node that Intel's ever had. That is such a great quote. It's already not the best node Intel's ever had. Oh. Uh, it's going to be less productive than 14, less than 22. The fact is, it isn't going to be as strong a node as people would expect from 14 or what they'll see in 7. Also commented on 10 nanometer performance, not chip performance, but financial performance, saying it hasn't hit the targets required. So is this due to the failure rate? That's rough. Um, I would guess Bad it's binning? to do with that and to do with just the costs to produce them. 
Big yikes. I mean, part of it too, um, I, I'm not reading all the notes here, so I'm just kind of guessing at this point, but part of it too could have just been how much cost they've sunk into development of it at this point. And just knowing that they're just never going to get some of that back. But yeah. Uh, yeah, Intel is is on the record admitting that they're they're playing catch up. And, you know, the thing is, guys, a lot of people are talking about how Intel's, you know, down for the count or they're doomed or AMD's going to take over whatever. Like, get real, you guys. Intel is a very organized business organization there, whatever. I said organized twice, but I think it bears it bears mentioning twice. They are an enormous machine and they have their fingers in so many different pies that even if AMD took 100% market share of desktop CPUs, Intel would still be very, very much alive. I mean, we did. A, I did a new workstation build this week running Threadripper, third gen, 24 core processor, amazing processor. Uh, runs a little hotter than I expected. Um, I was following Intel rules when I spec the cooler for the system. So typically with Intel, you know, you've got eight different chips that are rated at whatever TDP. And as you go down in clock speed or core count, like that was just a, like a worst case scenario. And it's like actually a lot less than that. So I assumed that the 280 watt TDP of the uh, 24 core third gen Threadripper was like, ah, eh, probably not. No, no, it definitely actually actually sucks back 280 watts of power when you're loading it up fully. So we're gonna have to change out the cooler in that. But uh, anyway, the point I was gonna make here was that even in an AMD CPU, AMD motherboard system, Intel still got some silicon in there. We went with an Optane-based boot drive because it is hands down the fastest you can get for a boot drive today. And these are these are serious machines for serious work. We want that responsiveness, we want that endurance, and we want that trust, honestly. Like when it comes to knowing something is probably not going to die, uh, I would take Intel over almost any brand, quite frankly. Like, when's the last time you saw a dead Intel CPU? And like, yes, if you work in a tech shop, sure, you're going to encounter them. It does happen. But as like a consumer, the odds of having a CPU from either AMD or Intel die just sort of spontaneously, very low. Very, I, I haven't low. seen a CPU death on either side that wasn't prompted by some form of uh, misuse in like many, many years. The only one that I had die, uh, and I it was overclocked, so I was definitely pushing pushing it, uh, but I didn't push it that far, was I had an Optron 165 die. That was that sort of overclocker-friendly quote-unquote server chip, but actually it was just a desktop chip that people were buying for overclocking because it was cheap for some reason. I think cloud stuff isn't really going to care about pretty much everything that you just mentioned though, because a lot of cloud infrastructure these days, um, I don't know the acronym for it, but it's like shoot it in the head or whatever. Yeah. 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 Like if something just starts acting improperly, just end it and get another one. Um, and like spin things down and spin things up rapidly and have tons of, uh, redundancy and all this other kind of stuff. So like one server going down is not catastrophic. Um, and if they can save on their monthly by having like cheaper hardware hardware that does more, um, they're probably going to go with that and then just do more shoot it in the head operations if they need to, which is, I mean, processors, like, like we just said, basically never go down on either side. So yeah. Yeah. All and right. He's doing pretty well on that. Well, that's pretty much all that I had for uh, must talk about topics. Uh, I guess we should go through some super chats. Probably. 
I'm not going to have time to do a ton of them. As you guys know, I'm supposed to go down and eat my dinner. <clears throat> uh, Robert Mail says, uh, RTX voice on Fermi isn't as easy as Kepler and newer due to EOL. Working on driver modding now. I'll post on the forums if I get it working. Oh yeah, okay. Just a lot of discussion around RTX voice. No, I'm not actually using it. I'm just in a quiet room right now. Have you tried? Oh no, you don't have an RTX card. Nope. Um, you can still use it on the older ones. You just need a modded EXE or something like that. Oh, interesting. It does use up some some CUDA cores though, so it could affect gaming performance even if it's marginal. Okay. Uh, Lucky says, saw your RTX intro on another video. Does that mean we'll see it more often? Yes, that is the plan. As for LTX news, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Not yet. Startup says, uh, RTX voice did a great job of taking out your young kids and your wife's, but kept yours at the same time. Wait, do I have it on? I don't, I don't think I have it on, guys. Uh, nope, I am, I am not using it unless OBS is set to... Nope, you imagined it. So that's okay. Uh, so it's okay to imagine things. Uh, <laughs> oh, shoot. Uh, Nick. Nick said, uh, hey, bring up the job postings. Uh, we're hiring again. Uh, where are they? What are we What are we hiring for? Where is it? I don't see it. Also, uh, go buy stuff on ltzstore.com so that we can afford to hire these people. Um... Ah, yes. So you can go check them out at linusmediagroup.com. We've got two new job postings on the merch team. I will actually just bring that up and like kind of read you the highlights here. Um, we've got a we're hiring section on there somewhere, presumably. We really need to update this site. We haven't really looked at it in a while. What's work for hire? Oh, no, that's just... A, okay, that's a stupid name for that. Jobs, there it is. Okay, uh, manufacturing engineer slash industrial designer. This is for Creator Warehouse. So you'll be reporting to the COO, that is Mr. Monsieur Nick Light. Um, so you will lead manufacturing efforts around a variety of custom consumer products, which will be distributed through ltdstore.com and other online marketplaces. We're looking for an individual who's motivated to work in manufacturing and design and who's willing to work both independently as part of a team. So uh, we're looking to create some pretty next level stuff, basically. We also need a part-time customer support representative slash assistant for also Creator Warehouse. So we're building up the team there. LTTstore.com has been very successful thanks to your guys' support. And we are very, very excited to keep making more and better stuff for LTTstore.com. So yes, Nick, I have, I have in fact told them about it. Thank you very much for that. All right. So thanks for tuning in this week. Oh wait, no, I was doing super chats. Ah, yes. Uh, Tom again says, strange question. I want to swap my Threadripper 1920X for a 1950X. Can't find a decent one used. Can you guys sell me one? <laughs> um, I mean, I don't even know what we would have lying around for something like that. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Uh, Blake says, uh, any plans for a new sleeper PC? I, I do think we are going to do a new sleeper PC sometime in the next little bit. It's a very successful series for us and they're a lot of fun to do. So, um, might not be in a computer this time, maybe like a VCR or something like that. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, Nick S says, if you could make an educated guess, do you think Ryzen 4000 desktop chips will support B450 boards or will AMD lock them to X570 and forward? I'm not even going to guess. I mean, AMD has been in a good way, but they've been kind of all over the place with respect to forward and backwards compatibility. Um, Langley Pressure Washing says, LTT Minecraft server, mc.ltt.gg. This segue brought to you by the LTT Minecraft mod team. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yes, we're still working on Skyblock. Um, Jake's been really busy fixing server infrastructure stuff and 
getting videos prepped for me. So uh, we're, we're, we're working on it. We're working on it. Uh, Zion says, what are your thoughts on Western Digital's use of shingled magnetic recording in NAS drives? Um, bad. Like, have <laughs> you been following that saga? No. Oh, yeah. AM, uh, AMD. Um, Western Digital. And I'm trying to remember if... No, I don't think he got, got caught doing it, too. Uh, Western Digital got caught uh, using shingled magnetic recording in NAS drives and sort of more importantly, just in drives without uh, disclosing it. Yikes. Yeah. So particularly for something like RAID operation, shingled magnetic recording yeah. is not optimal and it should never have been in a WD RAID. I don't know what the heck they could have possibly been thinking. <sighs> Pretty gross. Uh, Smarfy says, hope you're safe and doing well. Love your work. Any thoughts on the future of Samsung DeX or DeX-like products? So using your smartphone as a desktop experience. Ah, man, Android as a desktop is just so obviously not a focus for Google that I just I, I just have doubt that it'll ever be any good. Like they start and abandon so many things. Um, Samsung seems like more into it, but Samsung also gets like really into weird stuff that never takes off sometimes. So I, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know. This might be a weird take, but I'm kind of happy it died just because I think it gave people a lot of like false hope of something that they could do and probably drove purchasing decisions that were not very easy to take back. Well, Dex isn't dead. Yeah, but it's kind of crap, isn't it? It's better now, but yes. <laughs> but that's that's what I mean though. Is like if if you like if you if you tried to promote, which no one really does, which is good. If you tried to promote VR as like a uh, six monitor, multi desktop, hyper, uh, hyper productivity. Oh wait, no, no, desk Dex is different. Uh, Dex, I know. Oh, oh, okay. If you tried to promote it that way. Oh, I see what you mean. Like just okay. So when they launched the Note Nine, Samsung had this gigantic segment of the announcement that was focused on Dex. It wasn't yeah. that good. So it's kind yeah. of like when people were promoting VR as like amazing, and then people tried it and it wasn't that good, and it soured them on VR forever. Yeah. Okay. So I, I would like kind of hope that it died for a while. Right. I don't know how long that while is. And then eventually it gets really good and you can genuinely just have a phone that you dock and everything's great. Um, that would be cool. But I don't want like the whole concept behind that to completely die just because it kind of sucks right now and they over promote it and make it seem realistic to normies and not just hyper early adopters. If it was just like a feature that they had and they were working on and it was like kind of cool to mess with every once in a while, that's fine. But the promotion of it as um, like a legitimate thing is slightly problematic to me. Right. This is interesting. There's a there's a message in the chat um, actually worked on the SMG AMD GPU as an intern. Interesting to see it here. What's uh, what is Victor talking about? What's the SMG AP AMD GPU? Did we talk about that? SMG AMD. Yeah, no, Google's not bringing anything up. Now there is. Oh, he really... probably means Samsung? Oh, okay, cool. Okay. Because I thought he might be talking about something else entirely. So there's a weird quad, sure. quad Radeon 9700 card from like a flight sim from like 20 years ago that I just bought on eBay. Um, and I thought like maybe he was talking about that or something. And I was like, how do you know about maybe, that? I didn't I post about that. Uh, I'm Theorica. just assuming he meant Samsung. Theorica says, because of my work, construction, many sites, I haven't seen my kids for seven weeks. Lame. 
Uh, we watched the show together virtually. Highlight of the week. Can you say hi to Nate and Bree? No, I'm afraid I can't do that. No, I'm not going to do it. Sorry, who? No, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> hi, Sorry. Nate. Hi, Bree. <laughs> <laughs> it would mean a lot to them and me. No problem. No problem. Uh, D. Bernfeld says, I bought the stealth hoodie about a month ago. Love it. Other than the left-handed zipper. Not used to it. Sorry. We did actually consider doing an other-handed version of it, but it just didn't make sense to double our skew count for the, like, honestly, like, 0.2% of people that even notice it, let alone comment on it. I, I still don't even, like, fully get it. No, no, I get it. It's it's a, it's totally a thing. And it's kind of like how I think for women and men, like, buttons go on opposite sides and stuff. It's just the kind of thing I never would in a thousand years yeah, notice. Yeah, just... I only know that because I watched The Office. Yeah. That's the only reason why I know that. And I would have never noticed if someone swapped it on me. Andy Xiong says, take my money. Adblock user sends 15 bucks. <laughs> All right. All right. Solved. Fair enough. Fair enough. Solved. Fair enough. Uh, Victor Liu says, saw your recent HDR video. I have an HDR 400 monitor and this is often considered not worth it tech. Uh, is it actually worth using and leaving on? Man, it depends on how the content's mastered. That's really something that I have found with HDR content is it can make a bigger difference how the content creator mastered it. Sometimes the HDR master will be crap and the SDR one will be good and the other way around. Uh, all right, I, and that's it. Oh, Slushy says, is there a kick-proof RTX 2080 Ti? I wish there was because we had that one that we dropped the other day. <laughs> but uh, no, not, not, to my, not to my knowledge. All right. Thank you very much for tuning in, guys. It's been a great show. Enjoyed hanging out with y'all, and we will see you again next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. Rolling Hooray. that intro. Rolling that intro. That intro is rolling. It's a rolling intro. Rolling intro. I'm going to get rid of the music. Just make my own music. Rolling intro. <laughs> Loud music. Loud music. Oh, yeah. Show's brought to you today by... Mecha oh, wait. Uh, uh, Rich Wallet, plural, uh, PIA, and mechanical keyboard. Uh, whatever. Okay, we're gone. We're, we're out. We're out. It's over. It's over. And stream. <laughs>